0: Hey everybody um it's good to see you I was talking to somebody out here who pulled me aside and he said so is tonight's sermon going to be super vulnerable and I was like I don't know possibly and he says I think it probably is and I said how do you know and he said because you only have short sleeves on during the super vulnerable sermon and I was like I, I kind of squinted a little bit I'm like yeah, you're right. Like it's more of the I'm gonna just show up as who I am, you know. And I gotta like I don't know be all there anyway. Uh, so it is kind of like a a, a a teaching today that's more for for us as a family. but that's how it felt for me. It it created this very thankful idea inside of my heart, and I'm going to try to convey it for us as much as possible. Our church has been doing the sermon series through the book of Ephesians, and it's been going verse by verse by verse compared to picking a topic and saying, I'm going to preach this topic. Here's this verse i all of a sudden have, and then it's like, how does it preach to my heart? And that's the fun of the Bible, right? The Bible pages through our heart compared to our hearts page through the Bible. And, and there's a big difference between the two. And, and so going through this verse, it's, it has created um, such um, this passionate feeling of thanksgiving for me. So I'm going to um, say this first, ver- like super early on. Here it is. And so as a congregation, help me out here. Let's just say this together. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So so off the bat, this passage is about love. This is about love, and, and that is such an th- this very ethereal, abstract term, love. And so I began to think about this time that I experienced, like church, um, that verse and church combining together. And the first time that I experienced this had been the summer of two thousand two, two thousand and three ish. So it's hard to peg down for me. So, could be in 2002, could be in 2003. I don't know. Anyway, so I had this job, summer of 2002, 2003, in San Francisco, and and so I was paid to be like um, this guy who was the expert on poverty, the um, the poor of the area, um, from a church. Christian perspective to create a program for churches to come to experience the plight of poverty, and then I could teach them how to actually be effective. And this was back in 2002, 2003. And so even though the idea of that sounds fantastic, it turned to be more of like, like, I felt like I was a tour guide for churches. And churches would come out a whole summer long, church after church after church, and they expected to be taken care of. And they expected to be patted on the back for passing out peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to homeless people. I'm just gonna sound super angsty, okay? People enjoy serving, but they don't very often care about the people they're serving. And so, so in San Francisco, there were all these homeless people who I saw as friends who I got to know, who I got to know their stories and the things that they cared about, their broken hearts, their places they grew up, their families, their pain, all this stuff. And these churches would come out and they'd expect to serve during the day then go out to a hotel in the evening and go out to eat and come back during the... It was gross. And I hate that. Anyway... I was in charge of this. I had to cater to them. It, it, very customer service thing because by Friday, they would say, did I do a good job or not? Did I serve them? But they were there to serve. So it was this whole summer of just serving churches so they could hypothetically serve the poor. I was dying. Ugh. And then there was this church who came. And this church um, had been the final group for the summer. And they said, I'm here to surf. Tell us to do anything. We're <laughs> right here. And I was like, man, I've heard that before. I've heard that before. And they're like, mm. You know, we're here. If you drop the ball, we'll pick it up. We're flexible. We'll do anything. We'll pay for anything. Tell us what to do. Tell us what to do. Tell us what to do. And I began to toss things out, and they would grab it and they would do it. It would be amazing. And they were serving my friends and throwing parties in the park and like amazing things. And I called home and I was like, man, I, I see what church could be. There's this group out here that's just blowing my mind. And, and I was dying out here and I was going to quit. And then this church comes in, and they're like, everything I thought the church could be or should be or ought to be, and they're doing it. They didn't complain. They were compassionate and kind and humble. And, and, and someone even broke their car, and they didn't complain. I mean, it was just amazing. And so if you think about this passage and the things that Paul is beginning to say, this is the first situation that, that I can think of, of the church and Christians beginning to embody the image of God. Here's the passage again. Check this out. Follow God's example. Wait, where did it go? Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. There's this phrase, walk in the way of love, that's just really beautiful, but that isn't a feeling. It's not a something that you cognitively understand. This is like a practical walk in the way of love. It's like, do it. Show up to San Francisco and say, I'm here to serve. We will do whatever it takes. Just tell us what to do. We're here to serve. Walk in the way of love. There is this... Jewish story about how God chose to place the temple there in the place that it is today. This story is not in the Bible. You will not find it, but it's gotten passed on from generation to generation to generation. It is a Jewish folklore and it didn't happen probably. Okay, we're just, we're starting there. But the apostle Paul probably heard this because it's been shared forever. There's a st- st- story about two brothers who had a father. And the father had a ton of property. And he had this brother over here, and he had this brother here. And the brother over here had a big f- f- family. He was married, he had kids, and his kids had kids. And then the brother over here, he was single. He didn't have totally anyone, but he was happy, okay? So for all you single people there, it's cool to be single. He was happy. He said, I don't want to get together with anybody. Great. So so this father had this son and this son. And then the father got, got old, and he Pass, because that's what old people do. They pass on. And so that then he split his inheritance, and he gave a 50-50% portion, a 50% portion to the older brother and a 50% portion to the brother who did not have anybody, but he was happy. So <laughs> so the older brother, who has everyone, he has a big family, and he has half of the property that his father had. Then the other brother who was happy he was single, um, he got half the property also. 50-50. Awesome. But the older brother felt horrible for the other brother, right? He thought, man, I have tons of family. I have tons of people who can take care of me, who can take care of the property. I got tons of things. He doesn't have anybody. He, he, he doesn't have people to take care of the fields. He doesn't have people to take care of the grain. He doesn't have anybody. And so the older brother, he, he had this, this, this brilliant idea. He said to himself, so after it gets dark, I'm going to go into the silo and take a bag of grain, and I'm going to take a bag of grain to his silo and put it in there. So he will have plenty because people can't take care of him. So he began to take this bag of grain, It got dark and he goes to his brother's silo and puts it in, then he goes home. And he does this day after day after day after day after day after day day for a really long time. Same time, the other brother who is single but ecstatically happy, he points at the older brother and he feels terrible for his older brother because it's only him, but the older brother... Has all these people to take care of. And so he feels bad. He's like, I'm the the only one here. I don't really have to provide for anybody, but I'm really happy in that. Um, I, though, I feel compassion for my older brother who has all of his family and has the same quantity of grain as me. So he had the idea. So after the sun goes down, he's going to take a bag of grain from his silo and take it over to his brother's silo. And he did that? So every night, he'd take a bag of grain from his silo, throw over his back, and take it over to his brother's silo and put it in there. They each, the following morning, would come home. And they would go in their silos and go, it's the same amount of grain. And they would praise God because God provided for them. Although they continued to take bags of grain every day to the brother's silo, their grain never got depleted. So... After a huge amount of time passed, it had to happen, correct? It's pitch blackout, the they are doing this every night and the odds are that they are going to finally bump into each other and it happens. And so, and so the, the, they're carrying these bags of grain and the, 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 they bang into each other and they fall on the ground. And they don't have to say anything because it's so obvious. All of the pieces begin to put, be put together in their heads of the things that happen. It's like, oh my gosh, the both of us have been doing the same thing. The both of us saw each other. The both of us had compassion for each other. The both of us adore each other. The both of us serve each other. The both of us sacrifice each other. And they got up and they hugged and they threw a party on that spot. The Jewish people say, It was at that point that God saw the thing that had been happening. And he gazed down on the two brothers and he said, I'm going to build my temple right there. Because my temple is a house of compassion. It's a house of sacrifice. And it's a house of love. I love that. Because... Through this journey that you see, and in this heart of of what the Jewish people say the temple is, is the thing that Paul is saying here in Ephesians 5.2. He's saying, walk in the way of love. And that is seen in these two brothers who could see each other and are not jealous of each other, they're not proud of who they are and putting the other down. They're not angry at each other. They're, do you see what I'm saying? Like these two brothers actually were embodying it and doing it. And they celebrated what God was doing. And it was beautiful. Walk in the way of love. Now, how do you do it. Like, that's the place that I go, right? Like, how do you, so I hear this verse, like, walk in the way of love. And it's like the first thing I think is like, okay, I will be better at something. I will get better at feeling something. But that's not what this is. It's an actual doing thing. And the idea of love is so Typically, it's so ethereal that people don't typically practice loving. However, in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians shows us and defines for us, it takes the ethereal and it brings it down and says, here's how you actually do it. Here's how you embody it. Like, these are actions and personifications of love. So here it is. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does, does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. That is love. And that is pretty cool. Um, it begins by saying it is patient and it is kind. I'm going to begin to tell st- 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 stories personifying how I've experienced these things. On the topic of patience and c- kindness, I want to tell the story of you. You. I have been um, I have been coming up here and doing sermons since 2007, and the journey that I and you have gone on has embodied patience and kindness. I know it is not easy to sit there a bunch of times as I am up here. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's hard to hear. Sometimes it's like, will you just spit it out? And I know. In the beginning, I was embarrassed of how I talked up here in front of the congregation, in front of you. And I would practice so hard to be perfect. So I would, you know, just be as fluent as possible. Today, I don't care. <laughs> and um, I don't care because of how patient you have been and how kind you have been and, and how encouraging you have been and that, that you actually see me. I feel so loved by you. Those times that I get caught up and someone calls out the thing I'm trying to say, it's like, yes, are there other pastors who have that opportunity? No like i am I am the only one and and there's something about that that makes it feel so special to me. It's like you are my family. In fact, I mean so back in the fall I was going. To order this cup of coffee at this coffee place, and I g- got caught up and the barista, like f- finished my order for me. And I gave her like the evil eye, like, how dare you finish my sentence? And she felt the evil eye, and she put up her hands and she says, It's okay. I go to Christ's community. And in that, <laughs> and in that it was like, oh, we're good, like, yes. You can complete all of my sentences for me. Um, the embodiment of patience and kindness. If I had to summarize a story, it's that. Like, it's us. It's our journey together. Thank you for being so patient. And thank you for being so kind. I feel so loved by you. All right. The passage can. Continues on again. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. So uh, so I have a son. He's 12. He's here in the congregation right now. He's really embarrassed. And um, uh, so back back in October, I think, um, he and... he was, you know, super big, kind of into the idea of 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 going on public transportation, so he could go to all these parks by himself and and freeing him and that type of thing. And so I thought, hey, it would be super cool if he he could understand the public transportation system. And then I'll help him do that. We'll just bring him freedom. And so, um. So so each day, I would take him on public transportation. We'd go to point A to point B. That's it. That's all we need to do. We'll pick him up from point B. We'll go to point A. Home, but back and forth to the park. We would, we would just do this. And I was like, are you comfortable? Be like, no, not comfortable, not comfortable, not comfortable, not comfortable. And then finally I said, I'm comfortable to go by myself on public transportation. And I was like, I don't know if I am. But, but, but He was. And so it happened on a Saturday. And and so I'm like, okay, it's his time to go. And and so I take him to the place that the bus picks us up. And but the thing is, is it's just gonna pick him up and I'm gonna stay back. And man, I was afraid. It was kind of like I'm I'm sending him, I'm, I'm sending him on public transportation, and it's, this is scary. And the bus came around the corner, and it seemed huge. And it seemed like a transformer to me compared to (laughs) just our bus that we'd always go on. It was really intimidating and like, oh, no. You know, and I I said like, oh, God, help me. You know, help me have the courage to send them. You know, God, please just take care of them. I don't know what to do, and I don't want to be a coward. And the bus pulls up, and the door opens. And for the, it was you. There was a guy from Christ Community, and he's like, KJ, Zion, hey, how you doing? Zion had no idea who this guy had been, but this guy, had, he's our family, and he knows Zion. And he's like, Zion, you know, can I take you somewhere today? And I'm like, I'm bawling because I was like, man, God, you take care of me. And it's like, it seems that, see, I told you this is all about family today. It's, it's like the people in our church have shown my family over and over, love, 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 and it's humble, and it's not boasting, and it's not prideful. Like, I, I mean, everyone's here. The person who cleans my teeth is here. The guy who taught me how to keep beehives is here, and I'm very successful now. Thank you, Bill. And like, there. My insurance guy is here. You know, like, and you've taken care of me, like, over and over and over. And all my friends are right here. And I know you, and you know me. And I feel love. And there isn't anything to brag about. There's nothing to be prideful about. It's just us being us in a shoe, driving the bus, and picking up Zion, and taking him, and then saying, I got him there safe. Thank you. All right, here we go again. (laughs) Help me out, guys. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It doesn't boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. I'm gonna stop there. I have another story. So, I was only 24, but I was here, and the parents of Christ's community thought that it was a good idea to give their senior high kids to me to take on a trip to Arkansas. I don't know, guys. Like, I gaze back on that time, like, man, if someone was 24, they volunteered to. Take the kids to dark. No, that's dumb. Um, so I was 24, and I was I was t- taking about 60 kids to Arkansas. That was stupid, but I did a really good job, right? I was really responsible, and so um, so, so going from here to Arkansas, and then the quantity of kids and all. It, so it took us about f- 14 hours, and. So, so I think through everything and I have this goal of causing everything to be fantastic. Like, so e- so even the f- 14 hours from here to Arkansas should be great and fantastic. And so each car and each van had a competition against the other v- vans down this whole 14-hour trip that I had planned. And the... F- First thing that they had to do was to decorate their vehicles, and so I, yeah, look at your face. Um, so I had bought these cans of spray paint that that can be hosed, uh, so they're temporary. They're temporary cans of spray paint, and I got all these different colors. And the idea had been, so up here they're going to have this competition: who can decorate their vehicles, you know, like super colorful, really creative, and then we go on the trip, come home, go to the car wash, and then we'll just clean it all off, right? So cool, it goes great, like passing out the cans of spray paint, the kids are like, man, I can't believe we get to do this, and I'm like, I'm awesome. And then the whole trip happens. It's amazing. It's great. We come home, we go to the car wash. So it was hot in Arkansas. And uh, the sun, who knew? It, it, it caused the paint to stay there. Like, I don't know how that happens. Um, but we go to the car wash and begin to hose, like spray it, but nothing happens. And some high school kid said, you are so going to get fired. (laughs) And it's funny now, but like the heat from my, like, is like, I am like, like, Doug is going to kill me. I bought these SOS pads, these tiny little SOS pads. We got little things and the kids spent hours at the car wash, just chipping away at the paint. Yeah, it, 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 so it came off. I mean, not like off-off, but it came off. And I was afraid to say anything, but I had to because it was kind of obvious. And um, so, I, so I talked to my supervisor. About it, and I told him the whole story, and he laughed. <laughs> he thought it was the funniest thing, and I haven't heard about it since. And and I thought, dang, it is so cool to be a part of a church that just they can see your heart and they can forgive, and they're like, "Don't do it again." <laughs> um, but I experienced. Experienced slow to anger. I experienced they don't keep track of the things that I've done incorrectly. Hence, I've not heard it again, and it's been forever. It just hasn't come up, so don't bring it up again. I'm celebrating the fact. Um, yeah, it was just beautiful, and that situation made me feel so loved. Has has that ever happened, you know? Like, have you ever done something that was super obvious? You're like, man, I blew it, I dropped the ball, I'm an idiot. And then someone's just like, dude, it's cool. How does that make you feel? Have you ever d- 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 done that for someone? Has someone dropped the b- ball hard against you? And you, like that, just forgive them. How does that make you feel? This is the exchange of love. That's something to be practiced. Slow to anger, kind and patient. Has there been people who have been kind and patient for you and to you? How does that make you feel? Have you done that for others? Is that something to be practiced? How do you practice kindness? How do you practice patience? Because the passage continues. It doesn't end here. Here it is. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. I love love because if it does all of that, I'm all in. I've been here since 2003, it's a long time. And I feel hope here, I feel protected here, and I feel like I can protect. And I feel the energy here, I feel the Holy Spirit here. And I think that's because there's something about the people who go here, and there's the people in the greater church who authentically trust God. I can't tell you how many situations I've been in here that that people are excited about something and we're going for it, and then someone says, I think it's time to ask God about it. And then in prayer, it's so obvious that God isn't there at all. And it's like, nope, we're not going to do it then. I don't know how many times that has happened. It happens a lot. That here's our plan, here's our idea, here's the place it's going. And the, Sounds like, is God in it? No, don't think so. Then that's not happening. I love that. I love that our church actually follows God because there, I don't know how many other times that God has plans that don't make any sense. And it's like, well, God's over here. He's not over here, but He's over here. I guess it's time to jump on board with that. I love that because that's where hope is born that's where protection is born that's where fun happens and that's where the church is truly the church it seems that god is in this business of just constantly changing perspective and doing things that doesn't make sense in the name of love because god is a god of love 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 and this church has made me feel so loved God oftentimes changes perspectives, changes hearts, and teaches people to dream dreams they've never had. That's probably a perspective (laughs) that our church had back in 2002 or 2003. The time that our church brought sorry guys, um, brought a group of people to San Francisco to be taught about poverty. Christ Community Church came out to San Francisco and I was dying. And they showed me the thing that church could be, should be, and the church that I dreamt of. And somehow I'm here. And I've been here since 2003. And I have experienced, the thing that I saw in those five days at San Francisco is the thing that I've seen over the past 15 years. It was love. It is walking the way of love. That's what I found here and if I can find it and if I can experience it and if this passage from Paul who, who is, who's who been dead and buried a long time can inspire my heart to be so thankful for you. I was curious how many of you have had similar experiences and similar st- st- stories. So I don't have a challenge for you. I don't have like a thing to say of here's how to improve or some things to practice. But during our time of turning our hearts towards God, I'm going to invite you into this posture of being thankful. Because the odds are, is you have had people who have been patient towards you. You've had people that have been very kind to you. The odds are is that you have dropped the ball and someone has said it's okay there's been people that have been slow to anger that there has been people who have trusted you there have been people who have protected you there has been people who have helped you dream and put hope in you the odds are is you have experienced love and that is profound so I'm going to transition us in prayer. And then, um, as a church, it's going to be time for us to do the second half of the first for Ephesians 2. Um, it says that, 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 that Christ gave himself up f- for us. And that had been this pleasing aroma to God. And so I just have like this picture of of, of turning our hearts and just being thankful for the people that God has given us, um, the grace that God has given us, the heart that God has given us and bringing those as a sacrifice to God and just being like, thank you and help me embrace this more. Does that sound cool? All right, I'm gonna say a prayer and then it'll be time to offer our hearts to God. Jesus, we thank you that you are a God of love and that you embody it, that you are the act of love in and of itself. Jesus, we thank you of the things that you are doing, things you have done, the stories that you are are creating god we thank you that you see our hearts and the desires that our hearts have to be loved help us to see that we are jesus help us to see that we are loved in abundance that it is whole, that it is overflowing, that it is gushing over. And to have the experience of anything smaller than that is just simply untrue. Jesus, we thank you that you are here and that you are doing things. Bless this time. Take our hearts and take joy in them. We love you.